0: Hey, welcome to the Infuse show. It's the month of March. I'm here with Mike. Hello. And Francesca.
1: Hi.
0: How are you guys doing this morning?
1: You know, it's still got snow on the ground and we're navigating the icy paths outside and it's the middle of winter and yeah.
0: All Mike, those things. Mike, you're joining us from uh, up in New York and you got yes, snow on the ground.
2: We have several feet of snow on the ground here. So it's a winter wonderland. I love it up here. It's kind of like a nice retreat, but uh, I can get a lot done and um, still enjoy the outdoors too. Yeah. Through the magic of technology, we can
0: all be together doing right. our show. It's <laughs> our favorite right. thing. Um. So I, I wanted to share something with you guys. I don't. I don't know if you knew. I got this uh, special telegram uh, provided by, <laughs> provided by uh, Frankie Fifth Year Producer Extraordinaire. And um, it, it, yesterday we had a couple of articles published by by uh, big organizations that said the following: that the summer of 2021 has the possibility to be a lot like the summer of 20. 19 whoa all right that's good news yeah Uh, i mean i mean isn't that just the thought of that isn't that amazing yeah i've been reading
2: similar stuff too especially as it relates to the east coast where we are and just the rate that the vaccines are coming out and like i'm cautiously optimistic that by even early summer we're all set with you know everybody and herd immunity and all that stuff so this is really really good news
0: It really is. And I I just, when we can all return to regular patterns without even thinking about it, where if it's, you know, four o'clock on a weekend at the beach, your body just goes to the starboard. You don't even have to, don't worry (laughs) about the mask. (laughs) Don't worry about the mask. Don't worry about any of that stuff. And so I thought today, okay, at a time where, you know, we still do have snow on the ground here in Delaware, snow on the ground up in New York where Mike is. we are all yearning for a return to warmer temperatures, for baseball, for the beach, for all things summer. and what Concerts.
1: Concerts? Ooh, yes. Yes, uh, outdoor events.
0: Summer outdoor concerts. And I, I thought of something. You know, when those summer days, early June days or uh, school days are shorter, you know, are, are, uh, they're coming to an end. And remember around early June when you were a kid and you heard that the carnival was setting up shop? In your yep. town, I mean, was there anything cooler than that?
2: Yeah, that was you, awesome.
0: You see them setting the rides up and you know daily progress like that. I, I I just carnivals were one of the the staples of my youth. It was the it was the beginning of summer. Uh, yeah, for all they. The things.
1: They totally marked the beginning of summer for me. And they, they came in order, like the same carnivals visited every year. And so mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, St. Helena's is first. That means that we're getting there. And then there's like the Italian festival. or It's just so much fun to see the rides and the lights. And it's like breathes a little party into um, a community. And it's, it's so fun.
0: It really does. And there's this almost implied understanding where if you, you buy that ticket, you get to be part of the show. Whether you know you really are part of the show, And that was one of the things that, that Francesca, Mike and I talked about at one time. We, we always heard this term in our business, in the cannabis space, of uh, that, uh, man, it's the wild West, it's the Wild West." And we, a lot of the times we don't think that's entirely <laughs> accurate, I guess. Um, but we, for you today, would like to throw an analogy your way, one that we use all the time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you to the carnival today. We have a special treat for you guys. <laughs> so, so, if I may, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Wait, wait a minute. Now, we're all about compliance here on the Infuse show. So, not boys and girls, adults <laughs> over 21. It's an adult carnival. Today on the Infuse show, please join me as we walk through the midway of marijuana marvels, <laughs> And we try our best not to be a mark. And we're not going to become a mark when they see us walking down the midway today, because we have Mike Patterson, we have Francesca Vavla. We have our guides who can walk with us into the Canada carnival and walk through these attractions. So, uh, wow. guys, this
2: is a lot of responsibility, Francesca. <laughs> I feel it like is. all of a sudden the pressure ramped on me real quick here.
1: See, I love that. I'm, I'm wow. so ready. I've, I've been to the carnival. I know they are tricks. My grandparents were carnies.
2: Got oh, this. that's a different oh. episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a big reveal there. I don't know if you guys knew. Oh, her, her, her grandmother would tell me all the damn carny tricks. And I was like, oh was. man, you, you, were a, you had no principles, no ethics. <laughs> <laughs> you were a straight up carny. Oh um, my God. <laughs> when I'm looking around guys, it's there is a vast landscape here. Uh, it's crowded um there are several people grouping in different uh, attractions but the one closest to us up here on the left i can barely make it out but uh the the tent says the great ganja seer of all things master of marijuana marvels and indica illusions now (laughs) he also in small print in small print it says he also has the workaround to the credit card
1: (laughs) Oh, so we're in the magic tent. I see. <laughs> we
0: are in the magic tent, Francesca. Nice. Now, fr- from a, a newbie like myself, um, I, you know, I got plenty of tickets. I, I got money in my pocket. What am I going to get when I enter this particular tent?
1: This is so much fun because <laughs> I personally I love good magic tricks, good illusionists, um, Fortune tellers that are convincing anybody that's in that sphere of the metaphysical or the not easily explainable um, when it comes to actual carnivals. With the Canna Carnival, we have a very um, similar landscape. There's still illusionists, there are still people that are trying to. Convince you that something is there, and it's actually not (laughs) there are people that may be sawing a woman in half But don't worry. She's just fine. You don't get two pieces. You still get the one hole There's people that have these secrets these inside secrets that they think they can give to you as the the magic key to Unlock the entire wide world of Mm -hmm. cannabis and that you can walk up and own it if you just know this little piece of it. It's, it's that magic for, formula or um, secret potion. And there's also the the fortune tellers, you know, the people that are going to try and predict the future, whether that's the investors, because they certainly need to have some semblance of that, the illusion of control and predictability of the future. Or it's the um, the research companies, which are fantastic for their own you know things and they're they're meaningful but to consider the history of cannabis as a major factor for the future of cannabis is just an illusion right now because things are moving so fast and forward that the past becomes not as meaningful when it's such a short past and such a, a limited exposure to the past. So you do have people in the cannabis community that act as these illusionists, the magicians and fortune tellers. And you just have to be aware when you're going to en- engage with them that they're showing you one thing, you need to be looking for what they're not showing you. Right. And that's how you prevent yourself from becoming a mark
0: for those magicians. Right. See, Mike was nodding his head emphatically oh. for those of you that aren't watching and are just listening. Emphatically, Mike, have you been in the tent before?
2: Uh, unfortunately, I have. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of funny. You think about these magicians and illusionists. And I love how Francesca described these different characters that we've encountered over the past four years or so. And, you know, one thing that really jumps at me is you run into a lot of them also at trade shows where they're walking around mm-hmm. and especially, you know, we're in our booth and they come up and they've got the next big is this or that. Um, there's a, you know, you mentioned credit card processing. I mean, how many people did we have that? Like what was that about 18 months ago, two years ago, where everybody had the next thing and then Oop, that doesn't work. I got something else. Here's another workaround. It was like a shell game with these guys. The it's, of offshore. it's
1: not offshore. It's <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin. It's not Bitcoin. It's reserve.
2: <laughs> it's not a reserve. I, I mean, yeah. it was like a sleight of, Hand everywhere. And and it's like flash paper going off and they've got this solution and that solution. (laughs) You know, it's kind of crazy. And then, you know, we talk about trade shows and one that you personally ran into, Nick, you and Frank was the illusionist of people that put on really crappy trade shows. <laughs> these are the, uh, ones the illusion they, is
1: the trade show is the biggest, it's the best. Of course you want to be here. That's why awesome our Awesome speakers. Yeah, we've got <laughs> traffic out the ass like
2: <laughs> Yep. And then you get there and the only people walking the aisles is you and the other bored ass exhibitors. <laughs> 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 Cuz there's no one there. <laughs> no, but I was I was promised they were the cannabis show yeah. in
0: Illinois. This month,
2: (laughs) yeah, that's but that's a master illusionist, you know, And, and I think you know you'd mentioned fortune tellers, Francesca, I. I feel like there's a ton of those too in this tent where it's, they, I feel like a lot of people want to bring something that's not cannabis related, a success they had in the past or an idea that they have. And they come rolling in and they cling to this idea. They don't really understand cannabis, but they think that just because it was successful somewhere else, it's going to be successful here, but they don't want to do the work to make it a success they just want to do a bunch of talking and just talk about what it's going to be and what it's going to do and how it's going to change the cannabis landscape and i have yet to see any one of those ever work out so if i'm if
0: i go into this tent i basically got to look out for you know if somebody's pitch is, is too good to be true yep uh chances are it, it is, my- is it is
2: it is It's got to be legit. You have to do your due diligence on the players that you're going to encounter in the industry because there is a lot of people that are the magician and, and the illusionist out there that are trying to... Um, not deceive maliciously, but to skew things in their way to make you see things in a certain light that ultimately will benefit them more than it will benefit you. So do your due diligence, qualify people in, qualify them out if they're not a good fit and, and move on, move on to the next tent. Oh, man.
0: Uh, would you guys care to move on to the next tent with me? Love to move on Ooh, to the next I, tent. Nice. I don't. I don't want to go in there with, with, without you guys. And I think we might get a seat up front because of your Cobra Kai T-shirt, Mike. Um,
2: <laughs> you know, I was gonna wear it today, but I thought I wore it on the last episode. I need like a stylist or something to help keep my shit together. <laughs> okay. uh, that's
0: for the add. That to the twenty twenty one plans for infused. Um, well, it's it's over here on the right. There are a ton of people outside, but but I think we'll get in. Um, Dank the Dominator, a Kenna colossus. Am I brave enough for an encounter with the strong man?
2: Oh, <laughs> oh. the um, strong man tent, huh?
0: Do I'm I'm not the biggest guy. I mean, for somebody who's a you know ultimate fighting champ, but <laughs> can I can I enter this tent?
2: And come out unscathed? Or what's my best shot? Yeah, I think, you know, this is always a fun tent because there's a lot to be gained from this. It can be intimidating to some. I mean, but most people want to go in here to see the feats of strength. You know what okay. I mean? it's They want to see these big, powerful-looking people come in there and lift tons of weight and, you know, huge barbells with – massive weights on either end, lifting them over their head, and they're, you know, pressing and all this and that, but it's a classic deception. It's one of the first deceptions, and so instead of weights being on, then it's two balloons that are just filled with air, and so it's the deception of making you think that somebody's big and strong, and when they're really just normal, average Joe. And so in the of Carnival, there is absolutely a number of people that fall into the strong man category where they want you to think they're not just powerful strength wise, but really I think a lot of it comes from what they are in terms of being successful in the industry and how their success can maybe be part of your success if you're so lucky. So I feel like that's a lot of what you're going to encounter in this tent and and, I think there's two types of strongmen. Actually, I want okay. to get a little more granular with this. One. Oh, please, please. Uh, I'm going to start with the perceived strongman. This perceived is the most strong common strongman out there. I, I think that's my opinion. I don't know about Francesca. Um, these are the strong men that are deceptive about things about their business. So maybe the size of their operation, the amount of uh, flour, they produce their test results. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff that kind of leads you to believe who they are and what they're what type of business they have in terms of the scale and, and, and successfulness of their business. Um, the one I think is kind of interesting in this perceived strongman category, too, is it, it's I'm going to call these out as like the established successful business guys, typically older white guys. OK, um, they love to talk marijuana. They love to talk about their investment, how they're getting ready to invest, how they have the next biggest investment, blah, 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 right? And, and I think a lot of what this comes down to is this big talk so that when they're in their circle with their cronies at the country club or at the rod and game club or whatever waspy ass club they're at, they want to talk a big-ass game with their, with their friends and about how they're on the cutting edge of the green wave and whatever other jargon and headline-chasing vernacular they're throwing out there, they're doing it. And, and I've encountered a bunch of these, these types, and they kind of all have one thing in common, too, and I've never really seen any of them follow through. You know, they have all every <laughs> or know time, what they're talking about. <laughs> well, that's a definite common thread. I mean, but like every time somebody's told me they have an investment, they're going to invest in a in a grow or in a, at a production company, they're going to have they have a, a chef that's going to make awesome edibles, whatever it's going to be. I've never seen any of them come to fruition because I think it's just talk because they want to be the big strong man in their within their group of, of colleagues at their in their socialite status type things. Um, It is.
1: Isn't it very equivalent to like the strong man's muscles and like ripped body? The equivalent in the cannabis world is the, what Mike is saying, the big talkers, the ones with the big mouths are like the big muscles.
2: Absolutely. That's that's exactly it. And um, so it's, you know, it is that Francesca, you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's the big talk type thing. And I think there's one other type of strong man that I'm pretty sure Francesca is going to jump on because we've talked about this strong man before. Um, I would characterize this strong man as the deep pocket strong man. Okay. I think I like where this is going. This Mm -hmm. is,
1: this is, so it's really interesting because the first strong man has glamor muscles and can't lift anything. He doesn't follow through, but the deep pocket strong man, their strength is in their money that they bring to the table. Because yeah. it it allows them to actually quote unquote lift real weight, as in they can buy up a lot of um, dispensaries or real estate or property or grows. They can actually invest or um, you know consolidate businesses and buy them out. They can establish grows because they already have. Made all of their money in the traditional segment of business Mm -hmm. and so now they've got this overhead covered Maybe they're already in some other kind of growing. Maybe they're growing cranberries or something and now they suddenly want to grow marijuana and it's like oh, okay, so You already have all the overhead taken care of. You already have all of the profits from your traditional business established. So you can use that and you can float as long as you need to. You can really hang in there because those pockets are deep and that's your strength. And so this is the strong man that I think bothers me almost more than the big talker
0: (laughs) because
1: they get to have the, the actual feet of strength. It's, it's technically real. I couldn't lift that kind of weight. I don't have that kind of money to go out and do what they're doing and actually own stuff in the cannabis industry. But They haven't earned it. They haven't been working at it. They don't care about the culture. They're not participating in any of the causes. They don't actually invest in any intellectual, emotional, or social way. It's monetary. Mm -hmm. And so that strength is really just a demonstration of strength. It's not true strength. You're not actually lifting the weight of all that cannabis has behind it. You're just doing the easiest job with the biggest tool that you have
2: you know and you you mentioned like the money part of it and being financed and all that kind of stuff and i feel like the other part that goes along with the deep pocket strongman is just the established resources of say, like they have a marketing team already and they they don't have to hire it out. They have idle resources that they're already paying for. So they don't have to go and spend additional overhead. They've got marketing covered. They've got compliance covered. They've got legal covered. They've got accounting covered. All these things that for everybody else, starting up is additional cost and layered on layered on layered costs for these deep pocket guys they don't have that. It's not additional overhead. It's not incremental cost. It's already fixed cost for them. So they're just spreading these costs amongst more uh, SBUs in their, in their business. So, you know, for them, I feel like that's a huge advantage that allows them, like you said, Francesca, in a lot of ways, it's like they can almost bully their way to have yes. a seat at the table. And if there's not the seat at the table, they're bringing their own goddamn chair. <laughs>
1: or they'll build their table and they'll be yeah. like, okay, now you, this is the table, guys. This is the table you need to sit around, not that table. And so there's this implied or or suggested or, or there's like a subtext of dismissiveness of what is built by people who have been in this industry and have struggled oh. and suffered. And it's like <laughs> that's cute. Let me show you how to really yeah.
2: do it. I can leapfrog
1: yeah. like, you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and so it's very well said. It's a big F you in um, in a number of ways that really chaps my ass. I just, I can't stand. I, I was like
2: sitting on this one, Nick, cause I knew it was <laughs> later on. I'm fired up. So we have another hour. I can
1: keep going.
0: <laughs> so there's a new segment called chaps my ass. There's a little graphic coming down, but I, you look, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, I'm always amazed by how many people we run into. And this, this goes back to when you can encounter a bunch of people that aren't in uh, the business. You see them at trade shows and I'm always, baffled at the number of people that are dismissive uh, of the industry and the plant in particular and and just like the the weight that the strong man is going to lift in front of all the ticket paying uh, audience it's a question of authenticity right yes uh, whether or not those th- that weight is authentic or not because you can come in and say well, i I invested in medmen, so I'm in cannabis well you're, are you really in cannabis um, because you invested in medmen uh, it, it really I read a, a piece where a grower uh, from out in the Emerald Triangle told me that the way, it, you know, he sniffs people out is, you know, well, did you try the flower? Have you tried this edible mm-hmm. that you're invested in? Do you, are you actually invested in more than that, that, that monetary commitment of this? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it, it's funny, Nick, you just combined the two strongmen, the big talker invested in the deep pocket and, yeah. like, <laughs> and Medmen is a great example because that's a strong man, the deep pockets that definitely tried to lift way too much weight. And even they have their breaking points. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's, it's interesting. If the ticket, if the ticket buyers don't go to see the strong man, the strong man's strength runs out. So you need to, To be aware of who you're doing business with and make sure that you are paying for something of substance Mm -hmm. and something that's actually impressive. I would be so much more impressed by a small farmer that's been doing this, who's probably suffered and been put in jail for this shit has been, you know, harassed for it and everything has used it to share as a medicine for free among people that he knows needs it, or she knows needs it. And then they fight tooth and nail with next to no resources to get a single license. And then they use every dollar that they have or whatever to try and make this happen because this, they are all in on this. This isn't a side hustle. This isn't easy for them to lift. This is a truly heavy weight. So sometimes opening one dispensary or one grow or one processing facility is a much bigger feat of strength than buying up 10 dispensaries right. across five states.
2: Yep. That's a great point. I like what you really, I really like what you said there, Francesca. The, um, and it fits along with one of the things that we've noticed too, when we see like these, the big strong men and, and kind of how we've sniffed them out um, after wasting time with some of them. Yeah. It's Cause really we definitely
1: the, stayed in that tent too long. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. And, and it sounds real attractive to talk mm-hmm. to, you know, but yeah, I think one of the things that we've learned over time is to really try to dig into what their are what they're, passion is for it um, how it's viewed internally is this a long-term growth or is this a flash in the pan Um, what does their board of directors think about this because we've seen situations where uh, the people we've interacted with are, are all on board and then all of a sudden comes time to change the website (laughs) <laughs> to include cannabis and it comes to a screeching halt. So, you know, little things like that are very telling. Um, also, and I think the biggest thing that we've learned over time is really understanding how the resources can come to play in cannabis. I mean, just because somebody has a 10-person marketing team doesn't right. mean they understand branding and labeling and what makes for a strong of brand and things like that. And And I would much rather work with somebody that knows all that. And I don't, we don't have to teach versus yeah. people that have a established agency, so to speak, that know nothing of the nuances that you really are super critical in this space.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it, absolutely. It's something where it's so important. Um, the big strong man can have his own marketing team or his own, you know, but if it's not, if it's not related to cannabis, if it's not a cannabis dedicated resource or a team of people that have been in this space, it's worthless. If somebody's like, well, but back in the 90s, we moved uh, thousands of FloBi hair cutters per month. Like, well, this is the hydroponic grower that you're trying to market. It's a, it's a little bit different of a game. So right. I don't know if your FloBi experience yeah. is, is yeah, good here. Yeah, uh, that's
2: a nice one, Nick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm actually 107 years old. Um, so I, I, uh, I wanted to go in, and if I can, I'm getting a little hungry. And I promised fifth year I'd pick him uh, up something. So uh, there's a food tent up ahead. So I'd like to go into this. Mm. Uh, craving cannabis confections? Nice. Enter here. Um, and the, the problem that I'm seeing, Francesca, is um, there are long lines everywhere. Why are the lines so long? Can all this stuff be that incredible? You know, the thing is, is that it is
1: good. They're making something that we all want or we all need. It's the cotton candy and the funnel cake and the popcorn and the soft pretzels. And now I'm hungry. But um, the equivalent of that are your edibles, your flour, your products that you're selling, whether that's B2C or B2B. So you you can talk about grow units or lighting or any kind of thing that is in the cannabis that is an actual product that we sell, I think falls under this food tent, which is the product isn't the problem most of the time. The product is usually fine. What we're seeing in those long lines is that they have an operations gap. So you can make the best funnel cake that there is. But if you can make it at a rate of one per hour and a hundred people per hour are trying to eat that funnel cake, you've got a problem because that one per hour will never give you enough business to be able to lead up to the hundred per hour. People are going to fall away. They're going, you're not going to be known for your great funnel cake because only one out of a hundred people know about that. You're going to be known for the other 99 out of a hundred that know you have terrible service or it's impossible to get to your product or it's too expensive because you're trying to mark up to get the money. I mean, there's a million ways to mess up a good product in the cannabis space. And I think I see that probably more than anything is these really well-intentioned people with good ideas that want to do this for all the right reasons. It's like the opposite of everything we've seen before. They're not magicians and strongmen. They've got it, yep, but they can't serve it. And that is just as critical of a gap as not having the actual quality product.
2: Yeah, this is almost the one that's heartbreaking. It is. You know, we get to know these people, you know, we, you know, one of the things with us, as you all know, and the team knows, we love to go see the people we work with to build able to to understand what they're all about and kind of see behind their tent, so to speak. Right. (laughs) Um, But this is where it's really sad because, you know, you see their passion and you see the quality of product that they can produce. But operationally, they have gaps. And a lot of times it's because they don't have the financing or they don't have the staff that that can help them fulfill against the demand um, to really help their their dream and their vision become a reality. And and these are ones like almost the opposite of the strongman because you know, strong men can lift up a barbell of daddy's money and an angel investor. Right. But these people don't have that. I mean, a lot of Mm -hmm. of people we've seen in this situation are bootstrapping it and I have the utmost respect for how they do it. And it's, and they're so close, but yet they're so far too. And it's just really heartbreaking to see that, um, their vision not become a reality because of like just some, usually it's small too. If they can fix something small operationally, it'll spin and and cause some momentum and then that can build on itself and then you can reinvest and it, it, but it takes that one kind of step change for people to be able to do that. And that's really what we see a lot of in this food tent area. So it's a big
1: blind spot for people coming into the industry with a killer idea or product Or it is a big blind spot for people looking for partners in this space, because if you don't have your eye on operations, whether you are the product producer or you are partnering with the product producer, then you're going to probably miss some major things that will affect productivity, um, revenue, growth, all of those things that are the business part of the cannabis business.
2: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I had a best teacher in my life, a guy named Tom Daly used to, when I was struggling with picking something up or, or learning it, he'd say, just go do it. Go do yeah. it. That's how, that's how you're going to learn to do it. So that's why I've always loved that you and Mike are like, no, we're going to go visit this grow uh, before we get involved because it's a very sobering thing that I don't think a lot of people get when they do their, their investment in cannabis or whatever. I think you should go to a farm uh, because you you learn one of the things that people overlook and I don't know how they do it but it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a people, it's a lifestyle. It, 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 it interweaves with everything they do on a daily basis. Um, And that, that's really a barometer that I I think people need to, to, to reach. I don't know. Right. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think we're all hungry for good product. You know, we're in that food tent because we're hungry. We want it. But at the same time, like that, That want needs to be served in a timely fashion. You need to hit that timing when people are hungry for it. You can't just count on people always going to want it um, because chances are somebody else is gonna roll up and make killer funnel cake or good enough Mm -hmm. funnel cake. And they got there first, they can serve more people. They become the producer that you want it to be.
2: Right. Yeah, it can go backwards real fast. Easily, yeah. yeah. We've seen that happen.
1: And I think, Mike, I think we see it a lot because we are part, because our, our services are operational based, you know, Mm -hmm. so we see when there's a gap because we fill one of those gaps, but we even had to learn that, oh, they don't just have a sales gap problem. They actually have multiple gaps that affect the sales part. And so- filling one, it's it's just one hole in the, bo- in the boat. We're still taking on water. So it, it's really, I think this is the one that breaks our hearts because yeah. we want them to win. We see these people, we work with them to win. And if they can't, it hurts everybody. That means your product isn't getting into the hands of people that need it and deserve it and want it. And you're not winning by not making the money to grow.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, they're easy people to root for no doubt. So the big, the big takeaway I have to remember is, uh, regardless of how long that line is and the demand for that product, maybe I take a peek behind that, that counter behind that curtain and make sure that they have the resources in place so that the last person in line comes away with a funnel cake. There you go. That's All it. it. All eyes right. Eyes on the operation. <laughs> All right. All eyes on the operation. Um, speaking of which, I want to head over to the, it's called the Dead Eye Dispensary. It's the shooting gallery for the smoky sharpshooter. Nice. Now I, <laughs> I, well, you know what? I kind of say that I love a shooting gallery, Mike. Um, and I got my quarters. Um, I'm ready to go. But now that I think about it, um, if you're like me, I, I I spent hours at the shooting gallery. Yep. I'm taking aim. I'm looking at that piano player. I want to hit that target. So he plays the damn song. I know I'm, I I aimed up and I was, I was right on the money. I think his hand moved. I wanted the outhouse to open. So the old guy was in there (laughs) with the newspaper. Yeah. I lined up my shot correctly. Is it, is it
2: me? Is it the gun? What am I doing wrong? Well, you know, that guy, I share your uh, affinity for the shooting gallery because I've burned through a lot of money in my day in this too. And, and, you know, I think in the Canna Carnival, especially there is those big attractive targets, the piano guy, the outhouse is always a hit. There's yeah. that grizzly bear in the back that will roar if you hit him in the yeah, right yeah, spot yeah. and all that, you know, and then like the common thing to do is to take aim at those big targets. And like if you look right. down the row of the other shooters, everybody's shooting at those like couple things. But like what you don't realize is that the sight on your gun isn't true. Uh mm. there's usually a fan blowing too. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's like a f- cross fan going. So and then you're not using like the little pellets are super light, so they get like skewed real easy. But um so the ch- your, your chances of hitting a big target in the can of carnival are really, really slim. Hmm. But I think you also have to understand that even if you hit the piano guy, he might not crack off a song or if you hit the, <laughs> the bear, he might not roar. And some of them are set up so that even if you hit the mark, it might not react. And I think that's really, really indicative of what we see in the, in the cannabis space where people want to go after those big targets which in our world in this world is the mso's or Mm -hmm. the big huge mega dispensaries Mm -hmm. and and so you know you want to go after that's the best like the game changing client or if you can work with them it's going to be an influx of new demand for your product and so it's ultra attractive and it makes a ton of sense but you can also burn through your entire wallet of money and have nothing to show for it if you keep if you only shoot at those big targets so mm. you know one of the things that we've kind of checked ourselves with because we've taken a couple shots
0: mm-hmm. but what
2: we've found to be more fruitful for us and more productive is going after like the squirrel and like the soda can and the spittoon and these smaller targets that are oh, like i can hit those in, Yeah, I mean, everybody can hit them, right? But everybody wants to go for the big one. But if you go (laughs) for those closer in targets, the smaller targets, then you can start getting yourself ready to go after some of the medium targets. Maybe go after the coyote, you know, or or whatever Mm -hmm. else is going to be out there. And then, and only then, are you going to be ready to go after some of those big ones. Once you have the gun figured out and the sight figured out and the breeze figured out and, and the sweet spot of those big targets figured out, that's the only time you should go after those, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. and because here's another thing. Here's another little inside tip. Those big targets, they're they're trying to grow too. They yeah. have yeah. growth plans, and their growth plans don't include some little shitty new shooter on the range. So Nick, I'm sorry, but they don't include you. <laughs> and they will. They'll include a sharpshooter, or they'll include other big big targets, other MSOs and other, you know, mega dispensaries and operations, like for them to grow, they need the partnership with those big people, but yeah, they'll work with smaller operations like we have, but we have to prove ourselves, and we have Mm. to prove ourselves as a sharpshooter and prove ourselves as someone who can bring to our game just to, just to attract their attention. And then maybe we have a a crack at hitting that target and getting a reaction. I think
1: the, I think the, parallel here is really in looking at your market you know if that if that shooting gallery is your market there are small targets and big targets within your market and so you can't like mike said just leap ahead to shoot the biggest don't shoot your shot at the biggest target as your first shot that's like insane because you have no practice no experience points nothing you haven't learned anything yet um, so what are the smaller targets in your market that you know you can land and that you can use to build your portfolio, build your credibility, get established, learn how to handle your equipment and what your technique is and exactly when your timing is perfect. And then you can take those and build upon them. But to go from zero to a 1,000 It's just not realistic. It's going to waste your money. And it's, it's not the way to get the most points um, because it's an obvious thing and not a strategic thing.
2: So you've got to play your market
1: strategically.
2: Yep. Have a strategy, stick to it. I mean, I think (laughs) there's no shortcuts in any business, especially not here. Uh, You know, this journey is comprised of a lot of small steps. And a lot of consistency and to try to leapfrog and to cut corners it doesn't it doesn't pay off so just go after those t- small targets that are in your strategy and let it happen
1: i have a theory about those big targets too i have a theory that it doesn't matter if you actually land your shot on them in the shooting gallery i think they are timed to every maybe 10 or 30 or whatever time somebody hits it only roars once out of those every Mm -hmm. 30 shots that actually land so don't forget there are other shooters in the gallery and you might just be off on your timing because they're not ready that big target ain't ready to roar yet
2: wow that's a nice point i like that thank you
0: coming out with the Willie loman point they time those things (laughs) they time them um follow my strategy. I don't go too fast or too hard. And I want to, I want to be able to focus and hit those small targets with some consistency and precision is what we're saying.
2: Yep.
1: Yes. That's Build your experience. Yeah. All
0: right. And then those quarters seem like a, you know, it's time well spent. Right? You
2: probably have like a stuffed animal at the end of the day, you know, with that. I yeah. certainly hope so. And I, I, want I something. hope
0: so. And I think it's, I hope it's something culturally relevant, like an elf doll. Um, <laughs> Let's go back to my references. Um, guys, uh, we're we're moving through this thing. I don't know. I'm having a blast. This um, is fun. I love a carnival. And um, I still have plenty of tickets, and I, I still have a decent amount of money. But the next one worries me. Stoner's Pot Palace, High House of Mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Look, I I know I can go, I'm just a little uneasy about what I'm going to experience if I go into this place, Francesca. Um, I need, this is where I need you and Mike to help me a little bit more than even the other ones.
1: You know what? You're right. Because the house of mirrors, it, The trick doesn't seem to be, it's not as out in the open because, and yet it is. It's like, you know, you're walking into a house of mirrors. And so you are walking into a landscape that you're going to get confused by because you are being shown things that are, that seem real and aren't real. And so if you walk towards them, you'll run into a barrier. And um, these images that you see, they're distorted Mm. because it makes big things look little or little things look big or um, something looks like it's the right way to go. That looks like a corner. Nope. Those were just mirrors angled to look like a corner. So you take these risks and you you have to know what's real and what's not when you're walking through. It is a self-guided part of the carnival and so you know you're walking into um, a different reality and then it's distorted but it's still hard to tell what exactly is real and what those distortions are you can get lost looking at the what's being projected in front of you or reflected in front of you i see this in cannabis in um a lot of different ways like (laughs) one of one of the most common that we've run into are people who think that um, their enjoyment of cannabis means that they will be good at the business of cannabis. (laughs) They they see this distortion of themselves as an entrepreneur, yet not needing anything about business. So it's, it's really going to be you running into a mirror, running into yourself and having to face the truth that this was just a two-dimensional reflection the whole time and never was anything that you could follow to get anywhere. Now, there's a way through the house of mirrors, obviously. You stay focused on what's real. You make sure you don't get distracted by the shiny objects. You have to know um, when you're looking at yourself and when you're looking at you know, something that's trying to lead you away from yourself. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you that you could do there. And um the whole thing is a house of mirrors. That's the thing. It's like it applies to the entire industry. It's like everyone is in this house of mirrors where it seems like it should be easy to sell your great product into your your great flower into a, a great dispensary, but they've got 40 people every Monday trying to do that same exact thing. So you you don't see the actual straight path. You think it's a straight path, and it's not.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is this is probably the most difficult one for me because it's really frustrating. As is. someone that you know, I see things as tries like processes and systems, and try to yeah. you know that sort of mindset. And to go into the house of mirrors and to be distorted, and things not what they're proposed or supposed they to be, seem
1: to be purported mm-hmm. to be.
2: Um, it's frustrating and, and it can be very discouraging can be just you get lost Setback, back yeah big set back yeah. if you get lost in there so my advice is I, I echo what you say Francesca find like the thread of truth and and find those around you that you can trust and and be true to them and yeah. get your ass out of the house of mirrors as soon as you can Yes,
0: yes,
1: and once you've found that path, make sure you walk that over and over so it becomes muscle memory to pass those distorted um you know reflections without even thinking you're not even looking at them because you know the way and yep. you've got to follow that way through. Um, if you don't make it through, oh, i'm so
0: sorry it's just it's a
1: keep creepy hitting your place face to be. on the
2: one mirror over and over <laughs>
0: you're like, oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> This is why I thought, you know, just in conversation and again, it's something, you know, I'm being 100% sincere here. This is a total shoot. Um, We'll we'll just be talking about the cannabis business with the team and stumble upon something that really has a lot of truth to it. And this, this carnival thing stuck as soon as we started working, you know, as soon as we played around with it, you know, just in conversation, carnivals to me operate on the principle of duality, right? Everything is about duality. There are two sides to everything you see, two Mm -hmm. sides to every single attraction uh, encounter that you have here. And I I really thought that was the the strength of this because um, we can be part of the show. We can be part of the Cannabis Carnival. It's a fun, fun landscape, right? But the key is you don't want to be a Mark, right? Right,
1: right. You need to be (laughs) participating in it, not... Um, the 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 clown of the carnival, I mean yeah. kind of mixing a circus and carnival here, but that's <laughs> that's the thing is like Don't don't go in unless you know what you're buying into and so many people only see that that one side the the biggest stuffed animal that the big huge Teddy bear <laughs> gorilla that's hanging out there if you just knock down the bottles and you know you don't see that it actually takes 13 of the teeny little stuffed animals to get to that big gorilla. Yeah. So there's so many things if you don't if you don't give yourself a real harsh reality check before during being in cannabis, you're going to get suckered.
2: Yeah. You know, and in a full disclosure, I mean, the reason this came up, I remember the first time we talked about this, Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was on the heels of someone, one of our uh, partners, not fulfilling their their contract. Yes. And I've been in business for almost three decades in some capacity. I've never had more uh, people walk out on contracts than we have in the time that we've been doing this with Alias Can. And and I think it's that frustration to me that's like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. How do people live with themselves? How do they not have more morals? And they they we did what we were supposed to do. Now it's time for them to pay us and they don't want to pay, or they don't want to do what they said (laughs) they were gonna do. And so, you know, I just it's really frustrating. And I think where we when we came up with this concept, we did it kind of tongue in cheek, being like, Mm -hmm. we wanna we wanna lift the tent on this carnival that we, that we love, but we also hate at times because Mm -hmm. of the, of the characters and unsavory people walking around the pickpockets, all the other, you know, people (laughs) that are out there, but it's, it's, that's what we really wanted to do with this episode was really kind of expose some of that so that maybe someone listening or viewing can avoid some of these Yep. characters that we've encountered in the course of our, our time with alias can and and like francesca and like you and like nick said i mean it's a it's a fun carnival it's, it's awesome <laughs> it being is. in here it's a lot of fun there's a line out the door of people trying to get in here but it's just beware you know you talk about buyer beware it's visitor beware to the can of <laughs> carnival because it's it's filled with people
1: And it fits. I mean, look, when you're on a carnival and like, especially not now, not this age, but when I was younger, it was like, oh my God, I want to go on the most exciting rides. I want to go on the zipper. I want to go on whatever it is that looks the scariest and gives me the most adrenaline rush. And now it's like that, that adrenaline rush is definitely characteristic of the cannabis industry, but it is so not the thing to chase. It is not sustainable or steady, mm-hmm. you need to actually find the pace at which you can walk the entire field and make sure that you, you see everything and you don't rush to where the most exciting, biggest, brightest attraction is because it's not real. It's <laughs> not, it's probably not what you think it, it is or it may be it's misleading in what it's saying it is. And it, it's okay if you know that, if you don't know that, then you could be, you could succumb to whatever consequences are of buying into that. And we just want people to be more knowledgeable coming into the space because if you come in and you create a better business model, better services, better products, better operations, it only helps everybody. It's that Raise the game. Yeah. So let's improve all of this together and say, well, we know what some of these people here are doing, but there's also a lot of fun to be had. So now that I know the game, I can play the game a whole lot better.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Cannabis is a carnival, believe it or not. And look, Um, I want to thank you two for taking me through the midway today. I would would have no idea where to go or what I was in for. So thank you both for for joining me as we strolled down the midway today.
2: It was our pleasure, Nick. I'm glad you enjoyed (laughs) your time in the can of carnival. I did. And don't buy a balloon.
1: It's just going to destroy the environment and be worth nothing in the end. So I know.
0: (laughs) Don't give
2: it.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, you know what? Eh, way. The um would would could it just make the, the carnival more fun? Sure. Frankie, Frankie fifth year. Yes. Fifth year Where are you there, comes. sir? Hey y'all. How are <laughs> you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, Frank, did you have a favorite carnival ride? The one that you get in it's like a uh circular machine and it goes around in a circle and makes people throw up. Gravitron The Gravitron. The, the Gravitron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one was so much fun. It's just Frank going in the dryer. <laughs> you would come outside and just be like wobbling for the next 30 minutes on the like, <laughs> kind of like getting drunk before you're twenty one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is. That's really true. Gravitron.
0: I love the Gravitron. You know there, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a couple of groups that want that one to go away. And I'm like kids have to experience the Gravitron. Damn it. Um Mike, did you have a, a favorite
2: ride? I like that pirate ship. The oh, one the, um, that yeah. goes It's like a speak. big swing. If you sit at the two ends. You mm-hmm. get like almost vertical when it starts really rolling up and down. So that, I think that was the one I liked the best. If you don't have one of the end seats, don't even go on it in my opinion, but <laughs>
1: That's true. Yeah, that's very true.
2: Francesca, favorite attraction at the carnival.
1: Um it It's either the wildest ride, but most often, no, take that back. It's bumper cars. I was obsessed with bumper cars before I could, like Frank's getting drunk before you could, you're 21. Bumper cars for me was like driving before I was 16. I Mm -hmm. loved those things. And, um, it was, but they never went as fast as you wanted them to, where you get a big dog pile of people getting stuck in a nest and you can't reverse yeah. if somebody's in your way. So it never was as exciting as it should have been, but I still loved it every time.
2: So I have to share this and maybe I shouldn't, but, um, <laughs> no, no, no. Sure. So as, as you guys know, I have three sons and, um, and, at the, at the beach in Rehoboth Beach, they have bumper cars. So we would take them in the summer oh, to the bumper no. cars. And they would a lot of times would have some buddies with them and stuff like that. And um, so we would identify a mark in line it. and before we'd get on. And then all of us would just Gang up on this one <laughs> poor sap and just like keep demolishing him into the boards and out of commission. And just like, and I feel bad because I'm like a grown ass man. I'm like, hey, hey, guys, let's look at that <laughs> nerd over there. Let's get him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. Bad that day. happened to me.
0: I <laughs> was. Mar- <laughs> 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 was <just> totally- <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Bad day to wear the Dallas Cowboys shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It yeah,
2: it would be some somebody with something they were wearing that would get that would get marked. I would do.
0: I would do the same thing at the bumper boats uh, out on Route One in Rehoboth. Mm-hmm. We would just we would just trap somebody under a waterfall and just watch them scream. <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was it was a good time. Um, I, <laughs> I got one. Uh, we were talking about um, flash paper magicians and the like, and the 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 magicians. The first ten. All right. <laughs> Francesca, let's say magic is real. <gasps> yes. What, what's the first spell that you learn?
1: <laughs> um, I think a transfiguration spell. I want to be able to turn into anything. Like I want to be a Professor McGonagall and just turn myself into a cat and walk around. Nobody even knows it's me. And I'm just, uh, I'm me, but a cat. Just animate wow. objects,
0: animate was, objects, right?
1: You could, I think it can be anything, but yeah, I think maybe it is like organic objects like, or something. Like,
0: like I, I wouldn't want to turn in like the block rocker in the gym. No,
1: no, no. I'm not trying okay. to turn into my water Would you bottle. You
2: still be able to speak like Mm-mm. your normal voice and stuff. Mm-mm. Oh, whew, that'd be Wait, freaky as hell. Can you?
1: You might be able to.
2: Yes, your well, it just, ma- it's your role. It's hypothetical. hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm going to, we'll see, but I should really keep my, I like it because I love eavesdropping. I love oh, eavesdropping. It's the, my favorite thing to know everything. I don't want to gossip. I just want to eavesdrop and hear all the things. So that's why I would do Transfiguration.
0: <laughs> all right, oh, a, a, a spell based around gossip. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, fifth year, magic's yes. real. What are you going to learn? I want to be able to summon any kind of, f- Food or cuisine at any moment. <laughs> that makes I think sense. that's just called that learning fits. to cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that though. I don't want to clean and you know prepare.
1: So like Doordash, but magic.
0: <laughs>
2: Absolutely, yeah. Oh no god, oh, man, that's dude,
0: that too on the nose. I love it. I love it. God bless you, fifth year. I'm an easy uh, person. <laughs> Mike, I'm giving you the power of magic. What spell are you learning?
2: I think I would want to learn how to fly. I think it's yeah. like one of those things that is just so different for human beings to be able to like just fly on their own and see different parts of land and transport yourself around. I think that'd be pretty damn cool.
0: No TSA. You just say, "Hey, boom, Aaron, <laughs> I'll meet you down
2: in the islands." You yeah, you go through that
1: COVID really wouldn't dampen your travel plans in that case. So I might I, I could get would you have to wear
2: a mask that? if you're flying by yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Depends the US airspace we got to see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mike, how high would you go? Would you be like above the cloud? Like, would you get way up there? Or would you be like a low, low flyer?
2: Yeah, I think I think by and large, I don't want to be like lower because gets cold. Yeah. So you'd have to like gear up if you're going to go up too high, but it would be kind of cool to get up in the clouds and like look around in there too. get up into time- a storm. Like yeah. there's like, a get above the thunderstorm and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. That's see, cool. it's a cool spell. The one spell.
1: time
2: I yeah, went, it is cool. um,
1: the one time I went skydiving, I, it was like tandem cause it was my first time and the only time. And so like we pulled the parachute and there was just a lot of time just hanging out and floating. And I was like, can we go through a cloud? And he was like, Yeah, but you'll get all wet. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that is, it's not just fluff. Okay, never mind. I don't think I should fly because I don't understand things like clouds. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe
0: or, or time or distance. Did that too. Yeah, stick stick to to I struggle with those. Stick to be- <laughs> <laughs> stick, stick to transfiguration. Uh, because that would be a good one. Um, yeah, mine was really less dramatic. I I would just want to uh have the ability to uh have a spell where i can make people pee their pants i i really think this is a superpower <laughs> i do i, I think superpower <laughs> is different than magic that's a good well, spell i it I'd make a, a good spell. spell look anytime i'm in need of a laugh boom somebody <laughs> somebody's being a little arrogant say we run into one of the strong men at a cannabis show boom, mm. boom pee yeah. their pants
2: that, pee that's, his that's pants. a strong spell
0: wow I, I dig that one. I dig that one. I didn't put a lot of the time into this one, but uh, yeah, uh, it would be my pick. <laughs> Guys, this was a blast, man. I There's can't wait is for fun. Can't wait for the next show. So, uh, Mike, thank you so much. Francesca, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Nick. Thank and you, and Nick. Fred. great job.
0: This has been a blast, guys. Thank you. Fifth year, as always, Frankie's producing this thing. Please like and subscribe us. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're the Infuse Show. We'll see you next time from Delaware. Delaware. Bye-bye now.